Perhaps we should just explain the plot and then we can analyze it because it is kind of a confused plot. It's kind of a confused movie. It is a confused movie. I, I usually I've been I've been recently being at the end of the podcast, being like, "Oh, would you recommend this movie?" Yeah, but maybe at the well, we're going to save that to the end. Let people, let the listeners decide, and then at the end, we'll give us. They'll probably figure it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh wait, but we're live on. We're live right now on YouTube. Are we not? We are. Oh my uh, god. Well, yeah. <laughs> if I'm forgetting. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. So I mean, yeah, I mean, you can still take a break. Yeah, of <laughs> course we can and... chill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The audience will be forgiving. Sit back in your seats, get something to eat, watch this movie. Don't let the kids see it because, well, let, let, we'll let you hear the, the um, video first. Thank you. This week on Left of the Projector, we are talking about the 2023, so a fresh movie. It's on Netflix or wherever you might get your movies, and it's called El Conde. It is a Chilean movie by Pablo Lorraine, and it is a very strange movie. The Just the, the byline listed on IMDb says, After living 250 years in this world, Augusto Pinochet who is not dead, but an aged vampire, just decides to die once and for all. And with me this week, back again on the podcast, I have Bring Out Your Dead. Thank you both for joining. Uh, thank you very much for having us again. Yes, thank you for having us. Yeah, this might not be such a great episode because the, we're, <laughs> we're, we're kind of confused about this movie. <laughs> Excuse me. This is going to be this is going to be a great episode. <laughs> Speak for confidence. Yourself. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the choice. No, so, the choice again. Like what? like last time. Last time we did um, Children of Men purely Griff's choice and this time he's like oh we're gonna do it again we have to do El Conde and I'm like I haven't seen that movie and he's like you gotta watch it it's brilliant <laughs> I did it. it's the best movie I've ever seen it's not what he I said he said he did no but that? this movie for us it is like the perfect intersection of what we what we are talking about in our podcast you know this is Latin American imperialism kind of a spoiler British imperialism plays a pretty big part in it so for us this is this is like the essentials of what we we talk about Yes, in that regard, it is a perfect movie. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I think we should do is save the major spoiler related to this movie till later, just so if someone were to, I don't know if people actually do this, but if they decided they didn't want to know kind of the the reveal at about mm -hmm. what, an hour or 20 minutes into the movie? Yeah, like in the fourth minutes. act of the movie. There are four acts in this movie. <laughs> yes. It, it is an interesting movie. And, and for anyone who was curious, which I was, is this movie is in Spanish. Mm -hmm. But what's bizarre about it is I turned on the movie and it starts talking in English for a narrator. Mm -hmm. And no matter what language you put it in, the narration is still in English, yeah. which is very surprising for a movie. And let that be a, in the back of your mind, you know, as you're watching this and listening that that's a, yeah. a weird thing. Yeah, it's going to be a bit tricky. Like we got to work out, we got to work out how we're going to do this. Because as Griff was saying, maybe it's best to first of all, like just explain the movie, just go through the movie. But I think we'll probably have to stop just mm -hmm. at that fourth act yeah. beginning. Yeah, you know, I think we'll have to stop there, and that's the point where we can say, okay, everybody who wants to watch this movie, jump out. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is something that someone has told me before that they do. I think they have a book podcast where they'll talk generally about the movie without spoilers for like two thirds of it. And then they'll say like, this is like the major spoiler piece. Okay. And I, it, it, I think it fits for this, for this movie, but you know, I mean, I'll briefly lay it out, but feel free to, you know, mm -hmm. take over, add additional things. But generally the, the, the movie starts 
in you're essentially treated to a aging uh pinochet living in chile and sort of uh i guess you'd say in what's the word not uh kind of looks dis- like, sort of like a concentration camp almost <laughs> it does kind of look like a concentration camp it's very strange he's kind of basically very isolated he has you know kind of his servants that work for him and then it kind of takes you back to who Pinochet was, how he became who he is. And immediately we discover that he is a vampire who's survived. He witnesses the French Revolution. He One of the most bizarre scenes of many bizarre scenes in this movie is witnessing, witnessing the execution of Marie Antoinette and then licking the guillotine's blood mm-hmm. yeah. and then carrying off her cold or warm head i should say mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think yeah and yeah in that scene when when he's in france his name was what's claude pinoche pinoche yeah, yeah claude pinoche. pinoche and uh he he discovers he's a yeah, he finds out by accident. Yeah, almost, yeah, because he wakes up after a massive bender where yeah. like loads of prostitutes tell him like that he bit another prostitute. Yeah. Yes. And then they try to hold him down and a mm-hmm. priest comes out of nowhere and they just do a terrible attempt at like putting a stake yeah. through his heart. It overpowers all of them. Yeah. And then brutally yeah, it's a, it's- mashes a woman's head it's the most mallet it's the most graphic scene of the movie and it's in like the second minute yeah just, <laughs> yeah really he didn't waste any time he's yeah. like yeah. but, but when I, I made a note during that scene it's sort of i think it's like a very good precursor to just the brutal dictatorship that pinochet mm-hmm. led in chile yeah it's a, it, it kind of i feel like the central one of the central themes there are a few central themes here but it kind of establishes one which i think is interesting where we often think of the french revolution as like the origin of revolution whereas sort of the thesis of this movie is, is actually the origin of counter-revolution and it's like here he he becomes a counter-revolutionary by viewing the french revolution because he brags consistently throughout the movie about all of the revolutions that he prevented or you know he killed a bunch of reds during the soviet you yeah know, well, again interesting because the ones they pick are all losers so i think they say that he was a white he was a white russian he was in vietnam and he was in algeria and haiti and haiti haiti, haiti, haiti yeah. yeah which haiti. are all ones which were lost by the counter-revolutionaries right yeah this so is it's almost like you weren't even good at it yeah, yeah we, we we say we were going to go through the movie but this is something i said uh, already this is like He's a failure. Yeah. You know, like, I think that's what this is about. Like, oh, God, I can't spoil it. Yeah. I'm always going to spoil it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, okay, we'll get there. But yes, he's a bit of a failure. Yeah. In his own eyes as well. He's not happy with himself. So they have him go through and and they eventually have him end up in Chile. I think it's in like the mid 30s, you know, as Hitler starting to rise in, you know, Europe. And they, he joins the army and becomes Augusto Pinochet. His, he takes on the persona that's going to be him and rises through the ranks, it seems like. And the thing that's interesting is that they kind of allude to the fact that he was part of the coup of Salvador Allende. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they don't make any mention of the fact that actually it was like the United States and the mm-hmm. Western powers that essentially were providing the support for this. It's kind of left out of the story yeah it's it's, it's an interesting one because again like by sort of they, by connecting him to this sort of like older world europe they they present him as a man with like this sense of honor this is like a big thing for him throughout the movie that he has like he's not an honorable man but he has an ingrained sense of like i'm supposed to do honorable things and he can't really countenance the two and it's like i mean because like again one of the opening scenes he's talking to his wife and one of the things that really upsets him is 
he said he swore to Allende he wouldn't betray him and then he says to her, like you made me betray him and that's ruined my entire life or like ruined my reputation he's and always it, blaming other people though. yeah that's the thing he's always blaming other people for his but uh, as well, we're talking about this opening scene and we're trying to set the scene. And yeah, it starts in France and then, then they do this quick fire history of Chile, uh, of Allende. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is done through the most extreme plot exposition yeah. I've ever seen in my All whole, explained in English all by the narrator. In English yeah. for 15 minutes. You know, it's just telling you exactly what's happening. And it's sort of a strange sensation. It's like you said, it's in English. Like this yeah, part in a British in a British English, yeah. which I think makes it even more. It's almost like the, the way I almost perceived it is, you know, like the British. You often think of like the British kind of like writing yeah. the history of their imperialism the way they want it to be mm-hmm. remembered, and this is kind of the way that the narrator wants uh-huh. it to be remembered. And it, I mean, to go back to your point of like they don't really bring in the Americans at all. This is sort of like again they make Pinochet. French originally like this Marie Antoinette thing it seems to be like drawing a very clear line of like Pinochet is an extension of European colonialism not of American colonialism right no that's true that's what I mean the way, especially the way you describe it as it being the birth of counter revolutions mm-hmm. from a European perspective it makes sense yeah yeah but this 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 whole this whole the whole start of it it's 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 strange in that way because I think then once we're finished doing our exposition then we actually get to the compound right yeah. and we actually start and the movie sort of starts yeah. then and it, we have to talk about the fact there is a guillotine in the center of the compound for the entire movie oh yes <laughs> hanging not there. just a guillotine a pretty massive one yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, i i'm pretty sure it changes height i think like, yeah in the scenes like, sometimes it's like really really prominent and sometimes it's not so prominent. but i think i think that's more just like because um like with the style of this movie it's very kind of like an early expressionist style it's really going for like that old school 1920s 1930s horror which and so, it does very very yeah, which well which it does very very well yeah. but I think like sort of the changing size of the guillotine is it's more just like that expressionist thing of when it's important it's there and when it's not it's not yeah but it looks very like the first time you see it it's like towering over it's yeah. almost like a skyscraper within this compound yeah, yeah, and it's settled. It's set in uh, amongst lots of gravestones, and I constantly was pausing uh, to try and read what it said on the gravestones. And I finally got it. I finally got. Uh, um, I finally paused it at a moment where I could actually see. And I, I've got it here on my computer. Let me move the name of the person. Uh, oh, I couldn't. I didn't. I, I didn't, got one. I tried to look, but I couldn't see. I got one. Gustavo Lee Guzman, mm-hmm. who's man, and apparently he was the leader of the air force. Oh yeah, that bombed the the, the, the palace. The palace. Yeah. yeah, so I, I'm only guessing that the rest of the graves are, are all other, of these are references other, are other names, but that's the only one I can get. Yeah, and you, since you mentioned the style of the movie, it's again, it's in black and white. It has this very gothic kind of feel to it too, is the way I got. It. Especially the music. The music is very yeah chilling and haunting, and comes in at very good moments. I'll talk about another one of my a very bizarre musical note soon as we get to the the scene later during the dinner which i find <laughs> yes yeah, so i watched it twice i watched the movie again today and i remember that scene which we will get to and i was like wait what what just happened that makes yeah. no sense and it, there a just, lot of times in this movie you feel like yeah there's a lot happened? of things that just don't go anywhere yeah. <laughs> but i do think i do think talking about the score i think the score is amazing it is. Yeah. the cinematography is amazing the, um, the sound is just fantastic. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, in general, it, it mixes between this sort of br- brass band marching sort of military 
style thing to like this very rusty violin string yeah. instrumentation. And there's, there's even some Vivaldi in there as well, right? They use Vivaldi. Do they? Yeah, they use the Four Seasons. Yeah. Ah, I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. the, the guy who's a cinematographer, Edward Lackman, he's done. He's been around forever, and he's done a lot of you know very wide ranging kind of directors. And so this, it f- felt like kind of like a culmination of like his career. He's done some like Steven Soderbergh movies. Um, what did he do? He did the movie Selena, Aaron Brockovich, mm-hmm. Virgin Suicide. So those are kind of his. Basically, almost everybody in this movie did a great job. Yeah. I mean, te- everybody. I mean, like technically, we'll talk about the script, but yeah. like technically, it's an incredible movie. Yeah, like, really, really beautiful. Like, yeah, visually, it's beautiful. The music is really great. The acting is quite good. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yes. I think the acting is great. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So I guess well, so we've gotten to the point now where you said they're now at this compound in Chile. I think they allude to the fact that it's like southern Chile, where it's much colder. Yeah, it's, it's supposed presumably. to be Patagonia. I think they say. Oh, uh, okay. I, I didn't catch that. So and so in this place, we learn sort of about his kind of his family mm-hmm. so we learned that his wife lucia and that his longtime butler um fyodor is sort of a you mentioned before i think like a white russian yeah whom pinochet sort of carried know, around had, with him yeah yeah it's kind of his his what's the word that like his familiar yeah you know? yeah what he calls him his slave yeah he does call him his slave yeah. yes which I guess a familiar is kind of a slave to him. Yeah, so, right? I guess like, so. I'll just kill you if you don't do what you say. <laughs> and it's the, the, the kind of a setup for me, as you mentioned, maybe it was too long. The, yeah. The yeah. first 15 minutes was too long. Yeah. We were kind of having an argument about that before we signed in about like, just like the last bit didn't need to be in there. <laughs> yeah. But we can get there. Let, let, let's, let's go through. How, okay, are, how okay. are we going to do this, guys? How are no, we going to do this? We'll get there, but maybe better than the the film that uh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But so we we see this, and then what we what we then learn is one of the most interesting visually scenes is you see now so you believe is Pinochet flying over in his mm-hmm. magnificent cape mm-hmm. through now. Uh, do they say what city? It's Santiago. Santiago, it's Santiago, Santiago I assume. Yeah. Just you know the most cosmopolitan city, and he's going around with a crook, with like a, basically a sharp knife, and he's cutting the hearts mm-hmm. out of people, and he's putting them into a blender, yeah, rocketing it up into a cocktail, and having yeah, you know, yeah. and it, slurping it, and down. it's specifically like both visually and in the narration, like the narration explicitly says like he's gotten bad at killing, like he's almost forgotten how to do it. Yes, and th- there's also also very explicit mentions of the kind of blood that's uh-huh. better you know like uh-huh. european blood yeah. versus you know older blood or like the proletariat blood mm-hmm, does mm-hmm. he say i don't know if he yeah, says no, he says he says plebitarian yeah i forget yeah the narrator at the beginning yeah says that um pinochet like really likes english blood obviously yes. yeah says the narrator because it's got a hint of the roman empire yeah something like that yeah. viking skin yeah something like that whereas yeah. latin american blood is i've written it down latin american blood is well and one thing we forgot to mention while you're looking that up oh yeah is he, we also forgot that he also fakes his own death yes like he's oh, yes. he's he's dying mm-hmm. or he's not dying he's he's getting older and he just doesn't want to be yeah, you know, which I think is interesting because that is kind of how Pinochet stopped being the dictator, right? Like he just decided he didn't want to be a dictator anymore. And so there's like that representation there. And then you also get like a nice bit of characterization where there's a sort, not not exactly a montage, but a scene of him lying in state mm-hmm. and um, someone spits on his on his coffin and says like, um, assassino, like murderer. 
and he opens his eyes. It's like he like when someone insults his reputation, he can't ignore it. Yeah. And then the next bit you see is three people doing a Heil Hitler over his yeah. grave. And, it's yeah. like, <laughs> and so you get like this sort of interesting montage of like what he's left behind, like this fractured society that's come behind him. To me, from what I read about the director is kind of what he was going for is to kind of show the confliction, the conflicted state of his legacy to Chile, mm-hmm. which I think maybe we can, we can get into that later once we've gone, gone through plot. this bonkers <laughs> plot, bonkers plot. So, yeah. Yeah, so you were saying, so yeah, so he's now he's become terrible at killing, yeah. but you see, he still needs to, to do it uh-huh. because that keeps him alive, which is another thing that they don't really explain early on is that he gets older, but it's, I guess we learn later. It's basically like the less blood you eat, the yeah, less the, the, the older you, you get, yeah, yeah. If yeah, the more blood that you have, the younger you. Yeah, remain. and and again, like it seems as if like because they say like he wants to die, but like within sort of the the own canon of the movie, it seems like he can only pretend to die because he did it once and he just came back. It's right, like, he can make his heart stop. Briefly. Yeah, but then he came back, so it's like it's, it doesn't seem like he actually can die at all. <laughs> No, he just kind of tired of living, but he can't really die. Yeah, yeah. Or he's, t- or he's tired of being. Well, we'll get we'll get to that. Part. <laughs> <laughs> but then the the thing that I think this is where you kind of so now that's I guess you could call that the first act. Yeah, you know, kind of, and now sort of the main crux of the movie is when we see what are his children. I think there's. Uh, um, I don't have all their names written. I guess they don't really the, matter. The, their uh, names are not important. <laughs> no, no, they're not. But, but so we have his first who are first, first is the nuns. First we see the nuns. Yes, yes, yeah, that's right. it. So you have the nun scene. Yeah, you have them kind of bringing this one particular nun. Mm-hmm. She's dressing up in kind of a very non-nun outfit, just you know, plain clothes. And also, <laughs> it's important. So like, because they're they're first at the uh, the nunnery, and one of Pinochet's kids is there. Um, yes. And like the mother superior says that she has like a special mission for her and then you don't really get any more information and it cuts to, but she's I, great. I she, she, she's great. Like, cause they, <laughs> they describe her, um, again, in this mountain of exposition that this movie loves to do so much. It's like, it's like she is firstly, um, a nun, an exorcist nun yeah. that speaks French. That's great with maths. Yeah. But above all, she's delicious. <laughs> yeah, that's, she's, that's she's her quite card. the resume. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So it, yeah, it so she's chosen, weird. right? She's, yeah. she is chosen by the mother superior mm-hmm. to go, uh, try and follow this, right? To go to Pinochet, who everybody thinks is dead, Pinochet's compound, mm-hmm. in order to pretend to be an accountant. But um, to, to kill Pinochet. To, to kill Pinochet. But then we later find out that she's actually going there to steal Pinochet's money, not for to the kill church. Him. Yeah, yeah. Which actually is makes perfect sense, right? <laughs> perfect sense, right? <laughs> the church wasn't getting enough donations. They yeah. well, to steal th- from. I mean, this is a thing that, like, um, right? I mean, classic things. Like, you see the same thing in Spain under the dictatorship in a lot of Latin American countries where the Catholic Church is intimately connected to the crimes of military dictatorships. Oh. And yeah. like, and intimately connected to sort of covering them up once they're finished. So I think it, it makes a lot of sense that you have like this nun character in the. I mean, I guess. that is true. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess of course tr- it makes sense that there's an exorcist nun that's great at maths. Yeah, of course. And her acting was superb in this. She's the, the best way, character. She is yeah, amazing. <laughs> She is just so her good. facial expressions alone. Like she didn't have to say anything. We, we were talking about this. Like, yeah. we, like I'm not sure if they did do it with makeup, but like she has like a silent movie face, if that makes sense. Mm. She has like yes. massive eyes, really angular features. Like, yeah. 
A um, super and, long neck. Yeah. She looks like a Oddly enough, piece. just last night I watched the movie Sunset Boulevard, which is, I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I've it's, seen uh, that. it's essentially one of the main characters is like a former silent movie star and the same facial expressions yeah. came out. So when you said them, I'm like, man, I, I didn't think of it that way, but that's, they had to tell a story with their face. Yeah. And, and so I, I think, certain- I'm not sure, but I think because they went black and white, I think they were, they were probably able to put like white makeup on yeah. and like lots of eyeliner on, on these characters to make their features pop more that mm-hmm. we would, we we wouldn't be able to see we're not able to yeah. see that for sure but if it was in color they probably would have been weird yeah because yeah the, the, these features are really really popping especially with her I don't think this movie works in color I mean I think no. the nah. way they did it is is, is perfect for what they were yeah. going it, for it has to be high gothic it has to be like that weird high gothic sort of expressionist thing like because mm-hmm. otherwise it just yeah it, it doesn't make sense as in the real world it doesn't function so he, here's where we now get to like i said sort of the main plot we you you now kind of gave the backstory as to where carmen who's the nun mm-hmm. is basically being brought in to get the money for all of the you know uh church or the family whoever thinks both people are essentially vying for the money that's been yeah. hidden because as a dictator pinochet had you know offshore accounts and hidden money and all those things and th- the next i don't know 30 or 40 minutes of interviews or kind of intersplits with other parts of this is probably the one of the best and funniest parts it of is this movie it is that, a really funny section yeah best part best and, part by far and it, it is interesting because like before like just before you get to the interviews with his kids like they all sit down to i don't know if it's dinner or breakfast or lunch or whatever but they all sit down to lunch and you get to see like the the like the sycophants like the family sycophants all trying to sort of like butter him up and try and find out where he's hidden all this money they don't know where it is and then you get the very clear from him that he fucking hates his kids like he hates his entire family mm-hmm. and there and i think like another kind of theme that runs through the movie that you see here is he's he's talking about why he wants to die and he says it's like everyone out there hates me they all hate me and they're like no they don't hate you and then he responds like they should hate me and you see this weird like dichotomy with, like he actually kind of respects the people who hate him in a way like do you think that in some way we can, I mean, I guess we can discuss it in a bit now is, is the way that they portray Pinochet, the way he sees himself. Mm-hmm. See, during some of those interviews, he portrays himself essentially as a victim. Yeah. He's he quite is path- the he's, victim. He's quite pathetic in the interviews, right? Mm-hmm. Cause he comes, he comes last. So you go through all of his sort of like idiot kids <laughs> and like, his, like, and his kids are all sort of imbeciles in different ways. And she's sort of like, it's, it's like, it's weird because she's openly mocking them. Like when you watch the film, she's openly mocking them and they're just not picking that up. And they're just talking about how smart they are. Like how, like, I think one of the guys says, like, I bought a steel company from the military and then I sold it back to them for like 10 million extra dollars or whatever. And I didn't change anything. It's how smart I am. And so they have like all these, like, like just like sort of imbecilic interviews. And then you get to Pinochet, who has sort of been characterized as being above this. But he just instantly falls for her flattery. He's like just as imbecilic as the kids in a lot of ways. But this is the thing I actually like the most. As, as you were saying, Evan, this part of the movie is my favorite part. These, these little uh, portraits that they have. And she actually she takes photos of, of them as well, which sort of lends into that, um, like, like the portrait part of it. But they sort of drop that in the movie as well. So that sort of frustrated me as much as it charmed me in the beginning. Yeah, they just showed a book later. I think that was really all it was. Yeah, yeah. something like that. But the thing is, what she does is she's a mimic. 
Yeah. Every single one of the kids, like they, they have different personalities, although they're all equally as terrible. But like some of them would be crying and talking about how terrible like their yeah. misfortune is. And then she would be weeping along with them. Yeah. And then other ones would be braggadocious and she would be like following them and mimicking that behavior. Um, or even the stupidest ones, yeah. the most imbecilic ones, she starts acting, insulting them directly to their face. Yeah. And they can't even see that. And then when they finally get to Pinochet, when she finally gets to Pinochet, Pinochet starts falling in love with her. So yeah. what does she do? She just mimics. But she, but That's she, all she is. She's just a mimic the but, whole but, time to these but, characters. But she also does the classic flattery, right? Because we've seen through these opening scenes, Pinochet, like Pinochet's thing in this movie is they can call me a murderer, but they can't call me a thief, right? Uh-huh. That breaks my honor. And so she starts talking about, like, she's like, so you stole my, so you have, you took all this money. He's like, but I'm not a thief. She's like, no, of course not. You're not, of course you're not a thief. Yeah. He just like plays into that flattery and he immediately falls for it. He's like just as imbecilic as the kids. But again, she's a mimic because he goes, oh, I'm not a thief. And she's like, no, you're not a thief. And then he- Do you think- Go on. That his, uh, his like butler or servant or whatever, do you think he, he, like, he seems like the type who throughout this- the century or however long they've half century they've known each other would have been the type to flatter him, but it seems like he doesn't anymore. And so he doesn't get any of this, like as a dictator, when he was in rule, he had people that would just beef pump him up, you know, like this was yeah. kind of the way he felt and he no longer had anyone to give him any kind of attention. And Carmen comes in and is giving him the attention. Mm-hmm. But there's also an interesting thing, which kind of, again, sort of runs through the whole movie of like, like, the re- one of the reasons Fyodor doesn't flatter him is because Fyodor literally doesn't care about the money. He has no interest in money. His his only motivation is like just killing people. It's just being violent. He specifically Nothing. says to Pinochet, like, I liked the killing, you liked the money. And it's like this thing that like Fyodor, because he doesn't care about the money, sees him for exactly what he is and is not willing to play up to that. Like, no, you just are a thief. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, he... he- he, he was a torturer, I think, is what he says. Yeah, he, was, they, right? he relished in it. I think they say he was the head of the Dina. I, they don't say Dina, but like the Chilean secret police, they they imply that he was the head of the secret police. And he apparently, like they, I, this has come very more specific, but he, I, they mentioned like how they got people to kind of do what he wanted. And he, he said something like, I made them enjoy killing, which yeah. is what he seemed to do. He enjoyed killing mm-hmm. people to yeah. eat their blood. Yeah. I think that's one thing. We can get onto it later. We can go back to the actual plot, which we just keep on trying to avoid. But the, but that's the thing. She mimics everybody's behavior, but she cannot mimic his. Yeah. Because his is like... I mean, Fyodor, right? Yeah, Fyodor. Yeah. You know, that's the one character that breaks her facade. She cannot mimic this yeah. evil. And you, and you pointed out, so like when she talks to Fyodor, so when she's talking to the kids, when she's talking to Pinochet, it's very, it's 180 degree shots. They're, they're completely separate. No one is ever in the same shot. But when she talks to Theodore, he actually breaks that wall and yeah. enters her shot. Enters her frame. And is like sniffing at her neck. And she, he is the one person who actually scares her. Yeah, she's visibly upset. Yeah. yeah. Well, even at the dinner party, which we can discuss more later, but in part of the dinner party is they always have not just one person in the shot, but they always put them right in the center of the frame too, where it almost feels like you're they're talking to you as the... Mm-hmm viewer which i really again the cinematography is is 
wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, we'll get to it. But again, that that that, that lends it lends to this sort of hollow sense by the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's like it's too much. It's like you had the most beautiful trash meal ever. It's not a trash movie at all. It's not fast food. I movie. do like this movie. I do. I yeah, should no, say. I know. I, 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 I do too. I do too. It's just like it. Uh, we'll get there. All right. Yeah. No spoilers. Right, so, no spoilers. So, in fact, I also like the movie. Okay. Yeah. So, Please, Evan, take control. Yeah. So the next portion. <laughs> so this is kind of, I guess, now that that was act. Two, I guess you could say. And then sort of act three is now Carmen is essentially revealing or it is revealed that she is a nun yeah. and that he is trying, she's trying to exercise, yeah. exercise yeah. Uh, Pinochet, but he becomes, he's in, she's, in, he's infatuated with her and they end up sleeping together and, and, and he transforms her into a vampire. Yeah, And, it, and yeah. It, it seems like, so like at some point she becomes infatuated with him, right? Cause she, it's not like, it's not like he sort of, pins her down when he bites her neck she leans in and allows him to do it she's on top of him i think yeah so there's there is yes. there's a point where she decides she wants to to transform into a vampire it's almost like this is how she could then get what she wants but then maybe her plan to actually be this the most accomplished accountant nun ever to exist <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah she like she realizes that she could keep the money for herself and then oh, God, God, God knows her, her like what she's, what she's up to because she yeah. does say prior to this, I think she was talking to one of the children in one of these interviews and she said, uh, yeah, she wants to be close to the devil, basically paraphrasing. Yeah. She wants to know the devil in order to humili- humiliate him. Yeah. Right. So she, so you sort of thinking she, she's been sent by, by yeah. the by the and, by the nunnery and to, the, to do some accounting and again and some exercising, but she's got her own mission. And again, there is there is because there's a f- couple times they cut back to her talking to the head of the nunnery, and that there is a scene where she's talking to her and she says like, "And if you are tainted by this evil, you will still be forgiven." So there's almost like she gets permission to become a vampire in a weird way, but again, doesn't really connect to the story. I just think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah th- that doesn't it. It doesn't really matter it just kind of yeah it just was cool to <laughs> turn a vampire yeah, turn yeah, yeah. into a vampire i mean if you think about it, it is kind of cool and so this is now the point in the movie i, I think it's fair for us to to drop the the big spoiler yeah. we're, so and what then, so evan tell us why has the narration been in british the whole time <laughs> the, the narration has been british this entire time because dun 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 it is Margaret Thatcher, who also is a vampire. Which honestly, that was—I mean—that gave me the biggest chill of the entire movie, just seeing yeah. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> I mean, that's like the most biggest reveal of like the tr- most truthful thing that you could possibly bring. Yeah, about. tell me this, Evan. Tell me, right? Did you? Was this a surprise? Was this a like a twist for you? I once I realized that it was. Do you need to? Oh. Uh, and Chris, you tell me, Evan. <laughs> okay, well, well, I'll fill in Chris. I mean, as soon as I heard the British voice throughout, yeah, I'm thinking like, who could this be? I didn't peg it being so. Well, so the other spoiler is that it's also his mother. Yeah, yeah. So Margaret Thatcher is Pinochet's mother. Yeah, or not originally Pinochet. Pinoche. I don't know that I thought it was Margaret Thatcher. But I had a feeling it was someone like a British aristocracy it's, of some kind. It's like interesting because Margaret Thatcher, like there's that whole thing of like received English, right? Which is like the posh British English, which is not a natural accent. But Margaret Thatcher's cadence is extremely unique. The way she speaks, like the way she does that, like she really sort of extends out the end of a sentence. Like, 
Um, I'm not sure if I can do a Margaret Thatcher impression, but you know, <laughs> like, we could, like, we could inter- I can as a brief yeah, quote from, yeah, Margaret but you know, Thatcher. she's like, I, I am the iron lady. Uh, chairman, Mr. President, ladies and gentlemen, I stand before you tonight in my red star chiffon evening gown. <laughs> face softly made up and my fair hair gently waved. (laughs) The Iron Lady of the Western World. (laughs) Like she sort of speaks like that and it's, it is such a unique cadence that like the second I heard it, like Margaret Thatcher, you know what I mean? Like initially to me, it almost sounded like Gillian Anderson. Yeah, doing who, an impression of Margaret Thatcher. Who did it in the movie. Yeah, she did do that in the movie, right? Yes, I don't remember which movie. She, I think, yeah. oh, was it Meryl Streep who was in The Iron Lady? I can't, no, she was in The Crown, that's right. The Crown, yes, yeah. The Crown. But yeah, yeah I think... So, I'm back. Yeah, and so... Well, so what I was saying is that I didn't think it... I didn't know it was Margaret Thatcher. I thought it might have been like a British aristocracy of some kind. Yeah, it would be like... I mean, the equivalent, like for us hearing that, it would be the equivalent if you heard someone doing a Donald Trump impression. Like, that's Donald Trump. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you would just hear it. You would just like... Yeah. No, because... Yeah, I don't know if you mentioned this, um, but yeah, like, Griff put it on. I watched it with him. He had already seen it. And then immediately... Uh, no, I think she said uh, the line, she was talking about the nun, and she describes the nun as delicious and good at maths yeah. and an exorcist in that over-the-top British upper-class accent. And then she says, and this woman is not for turning. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's Thatcher. Yeah. And this, this will go into my feelings about the movie in general. But it's like, was this supposed to be a big reveal? Because you made it too obvious. Yeah. For me, anyway, I was like, that's Thatcher immediately. I think it, it may, may, I'd be, be interested to know if other American audiences tag it as quickly versus yeah. maybe me just having heard, haven't heard Thatcher as much to, to like to catch the accent that yeah. she has. It's very I, mean, I think it, it's that line that, that, that this woman is not for turning. But like going into it as well. This this is what annoyed me so much. Like I think I liked the beginning of the movie, not the very beginning with the exposition, but like this part of the movie is where it sort of lost me a bit because she says as well, this woman is not for turning about is, the nun. Which, which is we should also explain that's a classic Margaret Thatcher quote. A, yeah, that's a yes. classic Margaret Thatcher quote. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah so so yeah, she said that about herself, right? Yeah. She she said that she would not she, like she she was trying to basically be pushed out of power, and she said, "I am not for turning." Yeah. So that so at that moment you're meant to that that's how I knew okay but she and she mentions that about the nun but then it turns out the nun is returning because the nun gets turned yeah so but, why did you say that line in but that also way? but also in the way it's structured she does get turned but then she sort of not gets turned Ugh. and then she gets she goes back <laughs> to being turned and then she gets not turned well, again uh-huh. <laughs> but then but then in a in a piece that I found actually better than the early exposition is they then she then narrates her own backstory ah. Um, which I thought was kind of interesting and short. It was yeah. only two, three minutes or two minutes where she mm-hmm. basically says that she had been raped by a Strigoi, which is a vampire, yeah. you know, presumably from Romania, Hungary or yeah. wherever, Transylvania. And, you know, and so she becomes a vampire. She is then with a soldier, I think, right? Uh, a soldier. Yeah. What, sailor. Yes. Sailor. What, well, she kills the vampire, right? So she kills the vampire that impregnated her with Pinoche. Oh, spoilers. Well, we already got that, right? Did we? I said that a minute ago. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> so she, ki- she kills that vampire and then she abandons Pinoche 
at um, an orphanage, and then she's like, and then I went back to England and became the Iron Lady. But why <laughs> is she? Say, but why is she saying this? She's talking to Pinochet, right? <laughs> so the exposition of telling Pinochet, "I'm actually your mother," right? But, That's but be- huge news. But then when she tells Pinochet, and then I married somebody in England, and then I became prime minister, and they called me the Pinochet knows this. Yeah. Why are you telling Pinochet but, this? Because me and Chris kind of, when I said uh, at the start of this episode, when we were talking about it, we started arguing a lot. This was what I was saying. I say I think, if, especially if you're like in your 20s in the USA, mm-hmm. you wouldn't know who Margaret Thatcher is. Yeah, but it doesn't make like, sense that she's, she's telling Pinochet who does know this, this story. <laughs> like she's not talking to the clouds. I'm going to pose a theory. Okay, go for so, it. So to go deeper into the end of this movie, when, I mean, I'm going to spoil, we've already spoiled the, Piece. I mean, I guess, well, well I'm going to say anyway. So at the very final part that you apparent that I think is kind of just flat at the end of this yeah. movie is we learn that they decide that Thatcher and Pinochet are going to continue to drink blood. They're going to get younger again and they're going to become youthful. They're- and Pinochet is now a child. Is it possible that in their like going backwards, they lose their rem- memory of what happened. And so she's telling him as a boy. Oh it, my God. Yeah, true. Ooh. I didn't think about that. I have a whole thing on the little boy, which I'll bring up in a second. Yeah. Because I think one of the things we miss, right, is when the nun turns into a vampire, Pinochet then tries to turn her into Marie Antoinette. He like, <laughs> makes her put on the dress. <laughs> yeah. He gives her Marie Antoinette's head. And that's when she sort of, I guess, rebels against him and is, like pulls out a thing and is like, I'm going to kill you. And he pulls out a sword and she like flies away. And then Theodore guillotines her. She dies the same way Marie Antoinette dies. But she's guillotined facing up, like looking at the guillotine. And I, I don't know, it's like, there seems to be like this idea of like, she sort of gave in, she, she gave in to like the fascism. She became a fascist. And it's almost like, as someone who started as an anti-fascist who then gave in, she saw it coming, and so that's why she has to watch the guillotine drop on her own neck. I don't know. This- let, let me explain it. Let me explain that that part of the movie in a more contrived way for you. <laughs> okay. So, so Thatcher flies in, right, doing a monologue because that's all Thatcher knows how to do, right? Uh-huh. And Thatcher's like really angry at Pinochet for yeah. turning the accountant non-exorcist, Which, right? But no, wait, wait, wait. But he's, she's really annoyed for some reason. And so she's like, I have to go now to sort this thing out. So she arrives and she tells Pinochet to kill the, 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 nun. the nun. And Pinochet says, no. And then Margaret Thatcher goes, all right then. Um, and then <laughs> the next scene... The nun is dressed up as Marie Antoinette. Yeah. And then Pinochet takes out Marie Antoinette's head and gives it to, uh, to the nun. And the yeah. nun's like, oh, that's cool. And she throws it on the floor. Yeah, because right? she remembers that she actually isn't bad. Yeah. She's now good again. Yeah. And she takes out a knife and then she tries to kill um, Pinochet. And he pulls, and P- pulls out a sword because yeah. she wasn't expecting that. And then she flies out through the roof. Yeah. Right? And then they have that, like, that weird... <laughs> It's like honestly, like one of the most beautiful scenes of the movie. Oh no, yeah, that was before that. But when, when she, she gets kind of turned to fly, and she's yeah, that's around. an amazing scene. Yeah. Oh my god, we're, we're bitching about it hard. But that scene where she gets turned, mm-hmm. even that, even the moment where she like takes her first breath out. Yeah. And it's really cold where they're at, and like just fog coming out of her mouth, and she's got these eyes like she's just 
took some drugs. She's like in ecstasy. She's right? in ecstasy, and yeah. then she just stumbles out the door and starts floating and flying around. And the thing I notice about the musical score as well is normally the strings. They're all like they're stumbling on top of each other in this cacophony. They're normally like rusty and clumsy, but in this scene, it, the strings are are not rusty yeah, at yeah. all. They're more pristine. And that's clear. the Vivaldi scene. They use Vivaldi. That's, that's what that is. Yeah. I, did not, I did not know what it was. One of the things generally is that the like the narrative that you normally think of, like what vampires, like the lore of vampires, is kind of just completely wiped away. Other than the fact that like they need blood, yeah. Yeah. like they can go out in the light, you know, all these things. But when it comes to Carmen, sort of becoming a vampire that's very common in like vampire movies where they kind of have like an enlightenment moment yeah it almost felt like she saw god and like again somehow as a nun who supposedly should have already seen god because she's i got a question for you evan how does one kill a vampire take off its head that's not one of them that is yeah you take off its head it's not that's the highlander you're thinking about highlander which is awesome. And you should, we Presumably should can we do a, Highlander on this podcast? Wh- wh- I, Ooh, love I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh my God, Highlander. <laughs> that would be great. Well, stake through the heart. Stake through the heart. Is one. And you or take off its head. Stake in the heart and head off. Okay, uh, uh, Evan, is chopping off a vampire's head a way to kill a vampire? In some vampire movies, like I think, or some vampire, like the, the show, um, uh, it's the Guillermo del Toro show uh, he had on TV on like, uh, I haven't watched that one. It's, it gets, it starts well and then kind of falls off. But in that, that one of the things, like one of the characters has like a samurai sword, basically. He's yeah, mm-hmm. chopping off heads. So yeah. you can kill a vampire in lots of ways. This whole yeah. thing that you can't kill a vampire, you but, can kill him in loads of ways. But either way, that is... Or a, sunlight. Like, cause the, not in this movie. We kind of have to wrap up the fourth section because it gets really confusing really quickly. It like, was, it's not already confusing? Well, like, because... So she becomes a vampire... My, well, Margaret Thatcher arrives. <laughs> then, and Margaret Thatcher is Pinochet's mother. And then she convinces Pinochet to wait. No, so then Theodore, his butler, yeah, who is having an affair with Pinochet's wife, which we haven't even met Pinochet. Yeah, met, mentioned Pinochet's wife. He, she convinces Pinochet to kill his wife, mm-hmm. and then Theodore, in sort of a rage, guillotines the nun. Which, and, which means Margaret Thatcher coming all the way over from a cave in England somewhere made no sense because yeah. her whole mission was like, I'm going to... No, she cut, wait, 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 wait. Okay, sorry. So, so then the butler guillotines the nun and then Pinochet, <laughs> Pinochet drags Theodore, his butler, into a barn and saws his head off. Yeah. And then all of the kids leave. Yeah. And Pinochet and Margaret Thatcher leave. Yeah, they but they literally just say whatever, bitch. But and then you know, they're just and like, then whatever, and they walk. And out. then uh, a group of nuns comes to purify his weird like concentration camp house. Yep. And then Pinochet and Margaret Thatcher. Ma- Pinochet is like a kid, and Margaret Thatcher is taking him to school. Yeah, and that's the end of the movie. Well, doesn't Margaret <laughs> Thatcher kill Pinochet's wife? No, she convinces him to do it. Right, Pinochet oh, does the kill knife his wife. To the back. Yeah. yeah. We, I, this is another thing I, I just said to Griff before we started. Something that annoyed me a lot. We haven't even mentioned uh, the wife. But basically the wife, uh, like as a character, she's just f- constantly like forlorn and sad because Pinochet won't turn her into a vampire. Yeah, right? and she so really she, wants to kill people. And she really wants to kill people. That's what she really wants to do. Yeah. And so she just mopes around the whole movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, uh, Theodore, the butler, 
turns her into a yeah. vampire, yeah. right? And so now she's a vampire, right? Yeah. So, oh, what's she going to do? Fucking nothing. She's just going to mope around the place like, <laughs> like normal. She's not going to do nothing. And then three minutes after she gets turned, she just gets killed. Yeah. It's just like, I was saying this to Griff, this would be so much better if, the, if you know, they were sort of having a standoff where you got Thatcher. This is the craziest scene ever. You got Pat Thatcher, Pinochet, and an exorcist nun all standing, looking at each other, you know, like demanding action. Yeah. And then in comes the wife. And if the wife came in with like blood dripping down her face. Young. And young. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And one of her kids behind her dead. You know, yeah. you know, she's a vampire now. She is a badass. You know, she just has killed mm-hmm. the kid. And then there's some sort of fight. But no, she just mopes into the scene. But, um, like, and then she gets stabbed in the heart. <laughs> I also love how all the kids come out with like weapons. crappy weapons. And yeah, they're yeah. trying to like kill their yeah. dad now. That yeah. was our thing for us to say. Like, it would have been good if we, if like we had seen them try and do like the world, world's worst coup. Yeah. But they kind of <laughs> just, they just don't go anywhere. Yeah, they just yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it sort of makes sense, as Griff was saying, yeah, because I was saying it'd be fun with the coup, and Griff was saying, no, it sort of makes sense that they're just so feckless and they're so rudderless. You know, they they have no like they have no nobody's telling them what to do, mm-hmm. and their only ambition and their only thing they're looking for is money. So they're sort of pathetic. Yeah. But I think it w- once again, it would have been funnier if they did try and do a coup. Yeah. And going the final thing I'll say on this is that one thing I said to Griff as well before we started is like this movie would have been ten times better. It, if Margaret Thatcher was not in it. No, I think she had to be in it. No, no. No exposition at the beginning, right? I, I agree with you on and that. And then we focus on the characters because the character of the nun of Pinochet, mm-hmm. not the wife, but the, the kids, was amazing. Those were our great characters. I think Margaret Thatcher, I think she does add something to it. We'll get into the, the analysis wow section. Factor. I think we've, we've wrapped up the plot. And to anyone who's <laughs> listening, if that was confusing, it's less confusing than the film. Yeah. Griff made me watch it twice and it was more confusing the second time. But that is the plot section done, right? <laughs> yeah. I think they could have cut to the f- beginning part to like three to five minutes. Well, I think, I think the, the beginning part would have worked if it was exactly the same visuals with no narration where you kind of get thrown in cold and you're just like, what's happening? Seeing all the action, yeah. see the yeah. act, actors talking more, yeah. perhaps. Like, not even the actors talking about I think, like, the exact same visuals, but just with no narration explaining what's happening. And then you find out it's Pinochet. I think like, that would have had a much bigger impact. But, yeah, I, I, like, again, the, the whole Thatcher thing, like, it does have that sort of, you know, sort of wow factor. It's like, oh, my God, like, especially if we didn't see it coming. I saw it coming. Griff saw it coming. And Evan, did you see it coming? You saw it coming? Which come the, the, the Thatcher? Thatcher that it was Thatcher. I, I did. I didn't exactly see that it was Thatcher. Wouldn't it have been better if like we didn't hear her at all, and then they were having a fight outside, and then Thatcher just falls out of the sky like a comet, <laughs> and it's just like dust everywhere, and it was like, what's going on? And then out emerges Thatcher. You know. I mean, that would have been way better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what she would have done then. I don't know. I just implemented, you know, laws that made things crappier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. we'll we'll get into the political analysis. I I am desperate to get into the analysis of this movie. Yeah. Here's a question that I'll pose to you, and then you can also give some of your other thoughts. Is what do we make? I guess of how they portray Pinochet, and what you think the goal was in creating such a like such a ridiculous satire of Pinochet as a vampire just completely ridiculous 
making it seem like he's an idiot. Like he didn't act, like at some point they don't they mention like that his wife kind of had some of the ideas too. Yeah, you know, early on. And so, uh, what do you make of because he is was a terrible person and his government did terrible things. Like, is that obvious? I think I think it I think it there is a degree like. I think it's it's made obvious. Like it, one of the first things you see in the movie is people with black hoods on lined up in front of a trench being executed. You see there are multiple references to again that that like again one of the best scenes of the movie when he's just talking to Fyodor, and Fyodor has that line where he's like, "I liked the killing, you liked the money," and he's like, "No, I also liked the killing." Um, and they talk about like the tor- like Fyodor's like the torture was an act of love. It was like I was doing it with love, and so I think you like the brutality really does like come through but i think it's important like when we talk about how he's represented in the movie to talk about lorraine himself the director yes because you know lorraine is a legitimate auteur like he has I mean, he has like 11 movies in total i think mm-hmm. and what really made him famous were the three movies he made about the pinochet dictatorship which was tony mm-hmm. Manero, which Post- is amazing tony Manero is amazing, amazing. Yeah. i love that movie post-mortem and no which are basically sort of like middle beginning and end of the dictatorship um so, and also farces they're presented as farcical and so i was kind of watching a few interviews with lorraine about this movie specifically and one of the things he said that was interesting is he presented pinochet in farce because when you do a farce you don't have to garner any empathy for the character like you don't have to like he doesn't have to make you feel empathy for Pinochet and he did not want you to feel empathy for Pinochet. So he chose to make it a fast to make him this kind of ridiculous character. Yeah. No, I th- I think that that is successful, right? The way that the 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 farce and the satire works. See, I I I have, I have a thought here on on like yeah, how is he portrayed? And I was also watching things the director was saying, you know, and it's, it's very, he was saying it's like the first time that Pinochet is being depicted. I can't be sure about that. But I think it is. Yeah, it's the like, first time he's being put on movie. Yeah. So it's sort of like tricky for him. It's like a tightrope. It's like a tightrope he has to walk, um, you know, like depicting this man. And as I was saying to Griff, it's like, it, it's like the entire nation is his co-producer felt that way because he's oh, how do i it's not satisfy everybody but it's not piss off everybody as well at the same time well also it's like how do you break the seal on pinochet right it's like if he's never been portrayed before how do you break that seal of portraying him like what direction do you go in i think i think he portrays himself like pinochet says in the movie a lot he's just like oh it wasn't my fault somebody else told me to do it or and, blah 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 and i would i want to say as well historically that is exactly what pinochet said <laughs> yeah like, yeah but, but that might be what he said but like that's obviously not what he did he wasn't just like this mm-hmm. this agent of like this external but, uh, yeah. effects made him act that way but 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 i think in the movie like he is also sort of rudderless as well he's sort of like oh it's just like whichever way the wind is blowing he goes and in that way it sort of doesn't pin him at all to any sort of action or any sort of responsibility Uh and i know that's how he might have seen himself but i'm sure that's not how chile saw but i think i think the the portrayal of him in this movie as like so like living in distant patagonia in this weird sort of gothic lair but frequently going into the center of santiago and you see him like flying through the high rises and stuff he is, they, he is presented as like this specter haunting Chile, mm-hmm. like this specter that is still around, that is still inflicting violence, that is still killing people. And like this sort of farcical surrealism, I think I sort of alluded to it before, like the end of Pinochet was extremely surreal in its own way. That like Pinochet, after being dictator for, was it 
10 years in total. I can't remember how long exactly he was dictator for. But he just decided, I don't want to be a dictator anymore and left. And then the, the military government gave the entire nation a, um, a vote to say, do, yes, I want dictatorship or no, I want democracy. And they voted for democracy and that's how it ended, which is an extremely surreal way to end a dictatorship. Right? Would you like, like more of this? Yeah, like no, it, no, thank you. Th- this came up a little bit in an episode we did about Pan's Labyrinth, just because it kind of has a similar vibe, albeit Spain. Mm-hmm. And I think th- the way I wonder it is because it's a mo- like was this was the audience? It's obviously a Netflix movie, mm-hmm. but maybe this is a question too: is who is the audience for a movie like this? Is it meant to evoke something to people living in Chile or Latin? That's America? really that's really interesting because me and Griff were talking about this. This is where we were feuding just before we started, you know, mm-hmm. because I kept on I kept on pointing out some of the issues I had with the movie, and Griff kind of said, "Yeah, well, you know, it, you know, it represents this and represents that," and I'm like, "Yeah, I get that." And then I would say, like this whole exposition with Margaret Thatcher, especially explaining everything. Like for me, I just didn't like. I just didn't like that, especially her explaining then I became prime minister yeah, and stuff like that. And I was like, like, and Griff's like, yeah, but some people maybe in the US like aren't as familiar with this. And I said, yeah, that's fair enough. But then who is this movie for? Well, I think it's, it's both. It's yeah. both, but it can't be both. It, but can't, th- it can't be like sly and surreal and uh, winky and naughty and, like, it, well, I mean, and at the same time like, we, explaining everything. We also have to bring up the fact that this, this movie was... Its official release date was the 50th anniversary of the coup. It was, ex- it was explicitly released on that day. And so whether Lorraine, you know, like, and I, I, I was mostly, when I was reading reviews of this, mostly reading in Spanish, um, trying to find, like, if people were actually angry or upset about this movie and this portrayal. I really couldn't find anything. And it kind of goes back to, like, in a lot of ways, no one's really talking about this movie at all. No one's, there's not very much out there. But I think, like... We have to remember this movie coming out. And so when it would have begun production, this was right at the end of a period of massive civil unrest in Chile. You know, we had like three, even five years of violent conflict between student movements and unions against the police with one of the main demands eventually becoming we need to end the Pinochet era constitution because the Pinochet era constitution had certain things enshrined in it, such as it was unconstitutional for the state to provide health care. That's in their constitution under Pinochet. And so this became a demand, and it eventually led to the election of, um, oh, what is it, is it Belchor? I can't remember the name of the Chilean president now, it's slipped my mind, but who came out of the student movement. They elected the, one of the protest leaders from the president, and he changed the constitution. So again, this idea of Pinochet is this specter haunting modern Chile. Mm-hmm. As this movie comes out, that literally has just happened yeah, like, but is, in real but, life. But again, like, if, is, that, is the movie, like, like, as a package, like, is it, where, who is it for? Again, is it, is it for those people mm-hmm. who have knowledge of it or is it for people who don't have knowledge for it? I think it, it gets, lo- I think a lot of the movie fa- like, fails because it doesn't know who its audience uh-huh. is. Yeah. I, th- I think he wrote this movie for a Chilean or Latin American audience, mm-hmm. but to get Netflix to, put money behind this uh, and probably yes, yeah. put it out they had to change the movie mm-hmm. i don't i couldn't find anything to prove this yeah because oh, if, there's, if there's an editor's cut like yeah you know or a director's cut like where like thatcher is not in it like telling you constantly <laughs> how to feel i would like it 10 times better to me that is specifically meant for an american yeah. british and it, western audience I, I think and again like to go back to the latin american context like you know chile has just been through this sort of unrest period one of the things that really stood out to me 
is in the final scene that we mentioned, Pinochet as a kid. And so I don't know when they wrapped on filming the movie. I didn't check. But Pinochet as a kid looks a lot like Millet. I said this. This is me. I said this. He looks a lot like the current president-elect of Argentina with his hair. Yeah, it doesn't really. It, yeah, it doesn't match up like with the time because like when when is this? Yeah. You know, I guess it's in the now or maybe the two thousands. Yeah. It could be or and something like that. But yeah, like the like Pinochet becomes a child again because he drank a lot of blood. vampire hearts. Yeah, but again, and like, he became a super pede. Yeah, and, and also, then and then he comes down a slide and it's all in color. Then it's in color, yeah, and and he's got this massive mop of hair. You know, the classic dictator haircut nowadays. Yeah. And I'm like, is that Millet? He looks specifically like Millet. Yeah. And again, like the clear point of that final scene, even without it being explicit Millet, is that like the cycle is now repeating, right? The, we're returning. Yeah. And we can look at that, like sort of in the recent period of Latin, polit- Latin American politics, right? There is the new pink tide. But at the same time, of the last five ish, maybe in 10 years, we've seen this year the left wing candidate for presidency in ecuador was assassinated before the election in peru last year a social democrat won and then this the supreme court suspended the constitution and arrested him in bolivia we had the coup and now we're seeing Millet, this like anarcho-capitalist meme becoming president of argentina (laughs) so like there is i think like if you look at sort of the context of what has been happening in latin america for the last sort of say the last decade maybe a little bit less there is a clear shit. reference to this cycle is repeating itself. This cycle is returning, right? Like, uh-huh. so the so I, I couldn't find when they officially stopped shooting, but they started shooting it around June, mid June of 2022. So this is sort of as the end, sort of the tail end of some of those protests and unrest that you were mm-hmm. talking about. So it's almost, but presumably he had written the script before and he knew what he was going to do and knew mm-hmm. what he was oh yeah his no, vision it, was if yeah. it was supposed to be Malay it's just like flukily prophetic you yeah. know just, just somehow like, yeah. but there is something you know like that kid is supposed to be yeah and, I I, and know, again I mean like somebody that, I think like the, the point of that final scene right is because I mean again Margaret Thatcher the narrator who just lets make sure that you know everything is happening she specifically says like he chose to stay in Latin America and she drops him off and like it, the building says like La Escuela yeah. or whatever and so it's like Again, yeah, like Pinochet as the child is now like re-beginning his cycle or like re- returning. Like, yeah, I'd like you say I'd that's like, almost like the cycle of Latin America, then kind of falling prey to these right wing. Yeah, and as as so, I said, yeah, you know, like in the prophetic. last sort of five six years, there there've been a lot of examples of like there is the pink tide, but there is also a lot of pushback against the pink tide happening. Yeah, no, I think as well Thatcher, like, um, I think th- th- just going back back into the movie a little bit, a bit away from the politics. But it's like Thatcher like bears Pinochet. She creates him. So it's like this sort of lineage of evil. Uh-huh. But if we go back to the the person who like ch- who turned her into a vampire, it's just some lad. Yeah. And, and, and I think that was it was just some sailor. Uh-huh. And like and I, for me that was a bit like he kept and, and in the movie as well. I was telling Griff this. Uh, Thatcher said she, he kept on saying he his name was Sigloy Strigoy 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 which I think is the German word for vampire yeah no I think it's like Romanian or something a Romanian mm-hmm. maybe yes, right. but like so I'm pausing it and I'm trying to look for details you know I'm like oh what's that name what's that name and I google it and then it turns out it's just like Romanian version of Nosferatu and I'm like that's just not interesting but you I mean you could also link that whole thing like this this deep passion Margaret Thatcher has for her child compared to the fact that Pinochet fucking hates his kids. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, 
this sort of eliteness that they kind of hold themselves within. It's like, mm-hmm. they're like the elite of the elite. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I think you mentioned when we were watching before, you see in the movie that Pinochet does not like Latin American blood, but Margaret Thatcher does. Uh-huh. She likes the taste of it. She likes the taste, yeah. Yeah, and so you can see like this idea of these sort of like, it's not about being elite in Latin America. It's like it's about being a colonial elite, mm-hmm. right? There's like this clear distinction between them. And, and so, like, yeah, like this idea of like the colonial elite versus like the local elite, right? Where the local elite are useful in the sense that they keep laundering money. They go through the motions. They'll, they'll be like maintaining the system. But you hold them in disdain because you're the colonial overlord. Yeah, well, I think that plays a lot into, before I'll say the other thing I was thinking of, is that plays very much into, I think what you're saying, Chris, is the the lineage of these people would have been so much better if the Strigoi had been, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like Attila the Hun or something <laughs> Some, crazy. Yeah, right, know. just something yeah. like that, you know? You know, someone, someone ruthless, and then it would almost be like the root of evil is through all these things. But maybe it's better this way if only because it's not to say that evil begets evil like this lineage but it's actually the result of individual people who take advantage of you know the system in some mm-hmm. way i don't know I, yeah i, I but I, I think we're doing i think we're doing the the script a favor by interpreting it that way i think i think i think like i think like i started when i was watching this the second time i'm i'm ready to take notes and i'm starting noticing lots of things but i slowly stopped doing that because the movie stopped paying attention to its own narrative um and like another thing uh, that I noticed is that scene, which is the best scene in the movie, which is where the nun gets gets turned and she has this euphoric moment, right? And she starts flying around and it's very like she's enthralled with this sort of like passion of of evilness of the devil. But then we see Thatcher getting um, turned in the movie as well, and she's just sad afterwards. And then we see the um, we see the wife get turned as well, and she's just moping. It's sort of like there's a sort of inconsistency to it that I think like stopped me from following the narrative. And I think if there was a lineage of evil, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it, the story would have flowed a bit better. Yeah, the, the most the most consistent criticism I saw of the movie was that Lorraine was too in love with his own idea. And I think <laughs> I think that's the best way to look at it. As yeah, well. I, I, he had a great concept. Mm hmm. That was filmed beautifully, acted beautifully. It just wasn't the, the like the narrative just doesn't get there. Well, again, like if you think about earlier on, me just trying to sum up the the, the conclusion of the film and not being able to do it. <laughs> I mean, <it's> like, <laughs> it was like, a bunch of people kill each other, yeah. and the rich stay in power. But it yeah. is it is fun to talk about, to be honest, you know, because yeah. it's all these all these scenes when we, we, the movie is. I don't know. It it is beautiful, and I, I, as you said, Evan, like the. I, lo- I love the concept and I saw the saw the director Lorraine saying as well he's like it's pretty obvious to go for the vampire yeah you know like he exists and he thrives off like yeah. the blood the life blood of the people mm-hmm. yeah you know and in order for him to sustain himself and yeah. kill it's just like okay that's a perfect we've got a perfect analog here yeah and so it's a great starting point add on top of that the amazing visuals the great music and the acting mm-hmm. and we're almost there we're just so yeah. almost there and it just it annoys yeah. me that it just didn't stick. Yeah, and I, but the other thing that interests me is like um, when we were messaging on Instagram, Evan, you were saying to me, it's like, yeah, it seems like no one's watched it. Which, based on like 
the fact that it's a pretty prominent Latin American director, it's been pretty heavily promoted by Netflix. Like, it, I remember seeing posters for it, seeing advertisements for it, and just no one watched it, which seems strange to me. Like, you mm. know, like, at least, like, to not even watch it a bit and then be like, I turned it off because it was so bad. Like, no one's watched it at all. Like, yeah. I found a few YouTube videos of non political chant, like, YouTube, you know, that just, because it was Netflix, they probably were like, oh, watch this yeah. crazy movie. And most of them were giving what I would say is not an analysis of the actual politics or anything, mm-hmm. just simply like the cinematography and like, is it creepy? Is it? And that was kind of, <laughs> yeah. it. there is no real thing. But the other thing I was going to mention, this is, I don't know if, what to make of this, but I was looking. So uh, he wrote the movie Lorraine with a writing partner, Guillermo Calderon. Yep. And looking at his profile, just on Wikipedia even, it seemed like he was a playwright and didn't make any other movies that I can see except for Naruto, I think he worked with him on. Yeah. And also, so that was I a, wonder if that changes yeah. how it came out. But there are elements to this, and it's something that Griff pointed out to me. It's just like, there's de- there are details in this. Mm-hmm. The scenes are so rich. Like the bed on the ground yeah. that yeah. you were saying. Yeah, that's like, how vampires have to sleep on, have to sleep on, on the earth. So like the, the oh, floorboards, floorboards are all ripped hole. up yeah. around around the bed around the bed yeah and i'm like oh that that's awesome when you pointed that out and then i noticed in the sitting room with all the chairs th- the floorboards are also ripped up and i was thinking to myself oh yeah maybe if pinochet wants a nap yeah you know he has to be there but then in his office he's got a really comfy chaise long and that's not on the earth yeah and i'm like ah come yeah, I on think, stick with it guys i think <laughs> even like right like in in that group chat room evan like maybe like two or three months ago you you said this like has anyone watched el Condor? i was like yeah i watched it and you said how is it i was like confused i think was what i said it's like <laughs> it is confused but it could be could have been better yeah and I, so maybe this is the question now is now that we've talked about okay. it okay would you recommend this to someone to watch i would I would. And I know that like we've kind of gone through all the reasons that it's like confusing. It doesn't make sense. But I do think it is a really good representation of sort of the legacy left behind by these these like military dictators in Latin America. And, you know, we've got to remember people often see like Pinochet is sort of unique, this unique figure. But at the time, you know, there was dictatorship in Argentina, Brazil, Klaus Barbie was in Bolivia while Pinochet was president of Chile. You know, like there are dictatorships all around. And so I think as as sort of confused and sort of incomplete as it is, I think it is a great, if you're not Latin American, a great representation of the specter of the dictator, the specter of the military government. I think it is a great representation of that. Oh no, you're on to me. I I agree I agree with Griff as far as yeah, I think this it it's it's strangely essential viewing. Strangely, right? I, I think you have even if you hate it, you have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, like just for the visuals and, and I think we're so harsh on it because we want it to be great. Yeah. And and it does it does seem like if there was just some Normally, director's cuts are longer, but if there was a director's cut that was like 90 minutes long, yeah. there's enough stuff in this. Yeah, if you just tweaked it. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's so, there's so many funny details. Like, there's one moment that we didn't even talk about where basically Pinochet gets horny, 
right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and he falls over. He gets over the and he's just like, you know what? I'm going to go to that nun's cabin. And yeah. he hobbles along in his little walking frame. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. And he yeah. and she hears him and she opens the door mm-hmm. and she goes, are you going to come in? And he goes, claro que sí. Like, obviously. Yeah. And then he, he throws away his walking and frame and it falls like, down, yeah. to show his prowess. It takes his first step in his Nikes and falls back on his ass. Yeah, yeah. And he's just staring up at the sky and he's like, he's, he realized how pathetic he is. And that's the moment where he's like, I have to start drinking blood again because I want to fuck this nun. Oh, so the, and like, these scenes are amazing. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the yeah. sex scene is something in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Like, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's definitely worth watching. I think if you, if you don't know that much about Latin America, I think it's a really good intro into like, the way Latin America is now and the way Latin America sees its history. Yeah, and like and like, to answer so to answer the question, would I recommend it? Look, we watch a lot of crap. Right? <laughs> and there's a lot of hours in the day. All right. This is something that you definitely yeah. should watch. It is for- and then because also I'd be interested because like I don't know if any Chileans will be watching this. They yeah. might be just outraged by everything we say. That's the thing. I was trying to like, find it. Everybody's gonna I think a lot of people will take different things from this movie. And I think there's enough in it to appreciate and respect. And I want people to enjoy this movie. So yeah. I do recommend people giving it a go just yeah. because there are many hours in the day. Yeah. Just think of it as four episodes of The Office. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, to come to myself, is I would, de- I would say you're right on, Chris. I think it's like it's mandatory viewing just to see what they did with this movie. And tell me if you think this. Do you think this movie felt a little like Oscar Beatty? Not that this would get nominated, I don't think. But it felt almost like we're trying to make a beautiful movie like of what a beautiful movie should look like. I absolutely agree. I don't mean agree. that as an insult. I absolutely agree. Until that moment, and I think you said it, Evan, it, until the Netflix moment came along, you know, where it's just like, and I think, again, I keep on going on about the Thatcher moments, and I think that those are the Netflix moments for me. But yeah. yeah, like just some of the like the portraits, uh, like and the the interviews and the nun character alone, she deserves uh, some sort of award for what <laughs> yeah. she's done, and so does the cinematography. Well, I think also, the set design, it also, everything. So yes, I do think that they had awards in mind for was, this. We're speaking to that. Didn't it premiered at the Venice Film Festival, right? That mm-hmm. was its premiere. Yeah, yeah, and it don't, it got some awards for it, didn't it? I think probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Best screenplay at the Venice Film Awards. No, that's the worst part of the movie. movie. (laughs) It did not get the golden line, which I assume is probably best picture. Yeah. 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 Best picture. So it got the, it got the award that it it shouldn't have won. Yeah. So there's some other things too, like that we didn't mention. Some of the amazing cinematography is the, like in the barn, they go down this like elevator shaft and it's creepy look. It's the, the sit like the, the set design is also fantastic. Yeah. 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 yeah, It's really good. Yeah. And again, it's like, it's so much of it was incredible. And then it just, the story just made no sense. Yeah. And and the, the dialogue as well, like between, between them, especially keep on going on about these these portraits with the especially with the children huh. and like how the nun like as i was saying mimics them and their little interactions they're these little quick vignettes yeah they're just spectacular oh, yeah. and this is what i was saying to Griffith. this, this annoyed me so much this annoyed me so much because i was enjoying the movie at that point and then something happened in the heads of the characters which they didn't let the audience know where they just decided to move to the next act of the movie yeah but there was no end to that act yeah. it's like the nun just was like oh i'm gonna do an exorcism now 
now. Or even I'm I'm not an accountant yeah. anymore. Or even the, like why what the fuck? Or even the character of Theodore. Like Theodore was an incredibly acted and yeah, just an incredible character. Mm-hmm. And again, he's like he has his his sort of moments of gold, but mm-hmm. then he, they do nothing really with. He just, and, and just he's unceremoniously killed him. Yeah, he it's, basically gets killed off off, yeah. off camera. Like yeah, I see. I would have liked. I mean, I think that the choice to have him be you know beheaded like with a saw yeah. was like fitting for him being like a person who was a torturer like uh-huh. made sense mm-hmm. but it, it, but it would have been better if they kept him alive and he would have been forced to be like their slave yeah, yeah. it would be more or, humiliating or even or even if there was just a scene where cuz like like Pinochet like kills him for betraying him but just like those two actors already had an incredible dynamic the whole movie just a scene of him like trying to apologize or you know what I mean like sort of prostrating himself yeah Yeah, it's it's just it's just like oh now he's beheaded you know because they do belittle him a lot they do like one of the one of the children said he he doesn't drink blood he eats feces and licks Sheepdog anuses, yeah, yeah. Sheepdog, yeah. yes. That's and then right. also when he said Pinochet says, "When I turned you into a vampire, you dropped your pants." Why was that? Yeah. And then one of the other kids said, "Oh, yeah, he only has one testicle." Yeah, like it, like Hitler, like Hitler. Yeah. They're, they're trying to demean him constantly. So yeah, like if yeah. they just had this moment where like he, like him and Pinochet have this like battle this verbal battle yeah you know where like he's being insulted like he's always being insulted but he fights back or something yeah yeah or maybe even better he doesn't fight back he just just accepts it just accepts it and he just becomes the servant and the slave that he's always been yeah way better instead they just chop his head off off camera yeah why yeah you just hear like a scream and then that's it yeah especially given earlier they have the brutal beating of the woman's face yeah. and yeah. then they don't use a visual to show the meeting the, the murder of Theodore yeah it's they could have just done a really like a rusty yeah. saw like he takes a rusty saw off the wall yeah. and then he just like starts sawing through his neck like and showing that yeah. it would have been gross again, but like, like it would have yeah. been in character with the movie and also because again that, that bit where Theodore and Pinochet are talking about like you know who enjoyed what like that's one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah. Like them just like discussing like why, why each of, what each of their motivations was for having the dictatorship. Mm-hmm. This is the best part of the movie. And then they just never return to them alone. There's never another scene of them alone. Yeah. And it, yeah. I was going to say also <laughs> that Pinochet is like, oh, I'm, I, I wasn't a thief. Yeah. He has no problem with that, but he has a problem with being a murderer or something like that. <laughs> no, the other way around. Well, yeah. No. The other way around. So then, so we should show him murdering. Yeah. With relish, yeah. but he actually kills Theodore, and he's like he does it grumpy and sort of sleepy. He's yeah. like, I like the scene when he eventually starts flying around, and is like really bad and killing, yeah, and he yeah. goes into the palace and he's looking for like the. Bus. Oh, it's oh, yeah. yes, yeah. I forgot that about was that one scene. of the funniest, yeah. one of the funniest scenes. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the Thatcher narrator says something funny yeah. like, "There is no." justice or life's not fair something funny yeah yeah, yeah. that's actually yeah. I, I remembered like that was a good thatcher moment yeah because it's like they still haven't put up a bust of pinochet's head mm-hmm. in the palace yeah uh, like they're so pathetic you know yeah and it's so unjust and he just stands there like in line with the other busts looking left and right yeah yeah like that because it, it is a dark comedy as well we haven't it, even mentioned that. It like, is funny. funny. It is a funny movie. Yeah. yeah. There is there is a lot of comedy, uh, especially the interviews, like the sons. One of my other favorite scenes that just is like encapsulating is when the children are leaving and they go on the boat and they have like the massive boat behind them with all of the stuff on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. pillage his entire... Like stripping the copper and stuff, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but again, it speaks <laughs> to the fact that they're, they're just idiots. Like they don't even know what to take. They don't even yeah. know what, what is of value. They yeah. take like the chairs and the frames and the doorknobs and stuff like that. And the boat weights, the sitting room furniture. Cause they're yeah. like, oh, we don't know what to take. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they call it the Ark as well. They make a point of that. The boat is called the Ark. It's yeah. Attica. Yeah. It's written there on the side at the very beginning of the movie and at the very end of the movie. I don't know what to make of Again, that. Again, yeah. And uh, also, like, the nuns arriving at the end. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. I'll it tell you funny. that. Like, yeah. there's just, like, this motorboat of white nuns just flies <laughs> by the camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would say to anyone out there, see this movie... And tell us what you think. Yeah. Like, I remember the first, the first time I watched it, I watched it with my girlfriend. It's just because we'd heard about it, so we didn't really know anything. And it was me and her, we watched it, and it finished. And we both kind of just went and sat down at the table. And like, what did you think? Because I, I, I don't know, me neither. And then just, just, that was the end of our and conversation. Then, and <laughs> then like, he told me to watch it, and now we're doing a podcast. Well, but here's You're the You're trying thing, to exercise though, your doubt by bringing all, all of us into it. There was a book I, I read recently and I was on a separate podcast discussing it, which a book that I didn't really like, but I kept talking about it and thinking about it. So even if the movie wasn't great, we're talking about it. It will stick with me. About it, it will stick with it me. Is, it, yeah. is the, it is something that's like a brain worm now or yeah. whatever. It's, it's in there. And I, yeah, again, it, it, it's, it does strike me that like with such a sort of premise, like Pinochet as a vampire. So like as complicated as the film is, the premise is... Simple. Oh, yeah. It's great. <laughs> and I can't believe people just haven't watched it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, well, Evan, can I ask you a question? Oh, please. Can we do Highlander next? Highlander. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to watch. I don't think I've seen that in 20 years. 20 years. Highlander. Have you seen Highlander, Griff? I, I think I watched it when I was like 10. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like the Scottish vampire movie. They're not vampires, though, right? Yeah. When they're not vampires, they're and, Highlanders. And they make the, the inexplicable reason to make Sean Connery not Scottish in the movie about Scotland. Yeah, right? and they've got, they've got Christopher <laughs> Lambert, who's French. They make him, like, they sort of switch it. The French character is Scottish and the Scottish character is French, and neither of them can do the other person's accent. Yeah. It's the best movie ever. Get us in. <laughs> Get us in, Evan. Make it happen. I, I mean, on this podcast, generally, I'd say the majority of the movies I've done are 80s and 90s mm-hmm. movies. And that movie is what, like probably 87, something like 80s, that. It's yeah. just perfect, you know, um, just the clothing, everything about it. Yeah, we, we, we can do, we can definitely do. Well, maybe, yeah. Well, even, we're, you've been screwed out of both picks, haven't you? What? Yes, I have been. <laughs> it's definitely my turn. Um, you know what? You I, 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 him... Highlander is a Christmas movie, right? For me, anyway. Right. For me, interesting. Any, for me, any, when I say Christmas movie, it doesn't have to be about Christmas. It's a okay, movie okay. that I would have watched when I was younger. And I think uh, on VHS when I was younger, I had Highlander, Pretty Woman, Power Rangers movie, and Casper the Friendly Ghost. So, and, oh, and Ghost. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a- so, all of those movies, it's a mad bag, would just be on rotation you know, for Christmas. If, if we're going to go classic VHS as a kid in the late 90s, yeah. Man in the Iron Mask. Man in the Iron Mask. <laughs> Who was in that? Leonardo it DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. Gabriel Byrne. Gabriel. Gabriel Byrne. Yeah. Um, what's he called? The French guy. Um, oh, fuck. What's his Napoleon. name? Napoleon. No, God damn it. I forgot his name. <laughs> Gerard Depardieu. Oh, okay. That yeah. guy's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> what was yours? What were your VHSs when you were a kid? We actually did have Pretty Woman, although I don't think I watched right? them that much. I had a bunch of like, I had a younger sister, so we had a bunch of Disney, you know, Disney movies. I definitely had, let's see, I had uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was one of my oh, favorites. Oh, that's a very was, good one, yeah. 
Yeah, I, d- I did that one on this on this show. I'm trying to think of other was the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. From like 1990. The live action one. Yeah, when they're in the costume. The live action. Yeah, movie. yeah. That was a good one. I'm trying to think of other VHS ones I had. You know which one I I had? I wore? What the hell is Balto? You know what Balto is, right, Evan? Isn't it the dog? The dog who no? saves the town of Alaska. And he's half wolf, half dog, and he has to accept that he's half wolf. <laughs> is this live action? I think I had uh, oh, Speaking action? of dog, I think yeah. I had Fiebel Goes West. Oh my god, Fiebel Goes Langer. West is so that's a good. good one. Yeah, Fiebel Goes West <laughs> is amazing. But I don't. Think, <laughs> just but the whole is movie. that the sequel or no? Yeah, it is. It, it is. is the sequel. It is, yeah. There's yeah. no cats. In, no, there's no cats in America. That's five. That's five. That's Fiebel. No, that's that's the journey to America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's that called? American Tale. American there Tale go, yeah. is it? Yeah, and then the the other one I remember I just had I had a. All dogs go to heaven. Uh, yeah, classic. Heaven. Danny DeVito. One, yeah. Classic. Oh, I, I, yeah. you know what? The, the worst one I had, I just watched it so many times as a kid. I shouldn't have watched it so many times as a kid, was The Full Monty. That's a good movie. Oh. That holds up. Yeah, but I, I, like, I, was like, I was like nine, and it was the only VHS I, I had, had for like a whole summer. I, had that I v- watched that movie like constantly. I had it in VHS as well because my mom was like, oh, it's a little bit sexy. <laughs> and so I had it on VHS and like... Honestly, I showed it to De- I showed it to Debbie and my girlfriend like a year ago. Yeah. Holds up. It does? It holds up. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow, that's that surprise actually. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a massive surprise. <laughs> there's some there are some other like 80s like or like late 80s early 90s sports movies that I like to like uh, Cool Runnings? <laughs> cool Runnings. Oh Major my god, I bet, I bet you mind. that movie has aged like milk. No, yeah, that's not going to be. Oh, good. It's not going to age <laughs> no, well very, at all. Very racist I'd Yeah, say. I'd say so. <laughs> I think oh I, yeah, but I think so. I explained that movie to my girlfriend once, um, only like a, a few weeks ago, and like I could see it in her eyes. She's like, <laughs> "What are you but talking it is about?" Based on a true story, that, it is. That was my defense too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said. That's it. Didn't make it any better. That is always like <laughs> when, like when you're really struggling with the film, like that's what you bring out. Like it's based <laughs> on a true story. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Loosely based <laughs> on a true story that didn't have John Candy. Oh my god! Like what about Mighty movie. Ducks? I've never oh, watched I it. Love You've Ducks, never yeah. seen Mighty Ducks. No. I, I remember all three of them were good. There was three, right? All right. So well, so here's another question that I asked the last couple ones. They haven't even come out yet, but I've been thinking about this. So are there any movies that you would recommend that you've seen recently that you would tell people to go watch? You know, I did watch Napoleon. Oh, have you seen it? Yeah, I did watch it. And it's not a good movie, <laughs> but it is it is like like three hours of entertainment. Yeah. It's really entertaining. It's like, you'll, you'll come out and be like, that was crap, but like, I really enjoyed it. You know? It's like, a movie I just watched was uh, actually Tony Manero, which is the movie from the same... Dir- which I told you to watch. Yeah, yeah. same director as uh, El Conde. And it's basically a guy in Chile during the dictatorship, dictatorship yeah. the beginning or yeah, the early days of the dictatorship yeah. and he just really wants to be the guy from Saturday Night Fever yeah I think I described it to you when I was talking about it as disco funny games disco funny games like disco yeah. funny games yeah it's really good so I would say did, yeah, have, you Tony seen, have you seen uh, The Creator I haven't no. no I would I would recommend that one it's it was in the theaters not long ago I don't think it's out now it's very anti-imperialist but most people who have reviewed and watched it have gotten the opposite perspective. Like it's like, because they're just don't know how to watch. They don't have media literacy to understand. That here, actually- here, here's one. Have you guys seen uh, the Florida project? Is that the one where they live in the motel? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it? They, they live in the motel, right? Yeah. 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 I have. Yeah. I, that was just one of the, that's one of the best movies. I've ever seen. It's pretty good. Yeah. It is pretty good. Like, like at the end of that movie, I was like, 
I'm going, I knew it. I was like, I'm going to cry hard. Like I'm going to make noises. Yeah. It's like, re, it's so, it's a amazing movie. The Florida and Project. One of, one of the ones, I, I'm pretty late to the party on this one, but I only watched Roma, like Roma about two months ago. And it's like, it's so good, right? It's way better than the hype. It's better than it. the hype. It's yeah. better than the hype yeah. it has. Like yeah. it really is. It's really good. That's why I was going to say for this episode, let's do Roma. And you said, no, nah, let's do El Conte. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen Roma and I've, everyone who's like, you have to go see, you yeah. have to see, you have to see. Well, it. you do. It's not like go I don't it. want to. I just, it just, it's one know. of those, because it's, it's also the way it's presented. Like I remember I watched it and at the end I was like, I did not expect it to be that type of movie. I didn't think it was going to be like that. And it's, it's way like all of the hype that got built up around it. It's better than the hype. Yeah. Well, which is rare. Usually yeah. like, oh, it didn't live up to it. Yeah. And you can you can follow me or the podcast on uh, Letterboxd. I think I rated it three stars. Yeah. Like it's not a bad movie, but it's nothing like mind blowing. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is it. Lots, lots of. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess for your podcast, Bring Out Your Dead, I know you got, you know, you're working on yeah. season two. Any any nuggets you want to share? Yeah, we've been, we, we, we sort of like, overextended our delay just through working out technical issues Mm -hmm. but we have microphones getting delivered tomorrow yes so we are going to start recording season two tomorrow we're going to be talking a lot more about sort of like the context of the spanish in latin america and we're going to be talking about the first guy who ever declared mexican independence in season two yep so yeah we've got a lot of stuff going we're going to talk about yeah, a lot of stories. We got a lot, a lot coming up. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully in That's, the next. But it, hopefully you got you got to let people got to let people re listen or listen to the first. Yeah, this is the first season. Uh, with yeah. their whistle. And hopefully by the time this one comes out, we'll be releasing season two. <laughs> season two, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, so we're expecting season two in about six weeks. Yeah, let's say. Yeah, this one I anticipate probably give or take about that mm-hmm. oh okay yeah. well then yeah. um it'll be out tomorrow right it's like the episodes i'm done on like christmas movies i'm like oh you look outside and it's snowing uh, <laughs> uh, meanwhile yeah. it's not but so, yeah it's... my final comment on our season two this i have i have been reading latin american sort of historical essays and books non-stop for about two months uh-huh. and we got it is a, intolerable and we've got we've got a lot we've got a lot of good stuff coming up we got a lot of good stuff going yeah yeah so we look forward to that you can follow you you guys on all the podcast channels and instagram and uh, yeah, all that give the give that show a listen it's quite entertaining and brought me a bunch of things i did knew, knew nothing about i even took a latin american history class in college yeah and I, this was like way more informative than it did back <laughs> yes <before>. nice yeah <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks for having us, Evan. Thank you for having us. Of course, of course. Right. And we will uh, we will catch you on a future episode of Vamp not vampires. <laughs> <laughs> That's we'll, a thing. We'll do now. some historical fiction. We'll do some historical. I thought, I thought your brain fiction. was broken. There's like, <laughs> oh, we'll see you on another episode of Vampire on the Projector. Oh, that would have been a good one. I have, I have done a few vampire movies, but maybe we'll take a break on this. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably best. All right. Well, speak to you later.